might have been Alex who said, oh, like they all kind of just like transcend gender. <laughs> I thought that was like, her, <laughs> uh, like a good I answer. That. I was like, yeah, like you all do like transcend gender. Because when I first saw Sam around, I didn't know. I thought that Sam was just like a big girl. <laughs> but <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, that chick is so tall. But then I was like, oh no, it, Sam is just feminine. And I think kind of sees like gender as like a like a play thing i think sam even though he's not present for this yeah i don't want, I don't want will, to speak for sam we will refer to her as present i think sam, <laughs> yeah. i think that sam more than me or zaya not adheres to but like embodies more cisgender beauty standards in that she can like go full mask if she wants to mm-hmm. or she can go full femme if she wants to and people will be like oh that's a woman yeah and like pull off passing either way yes but, but i'm kind of happy that i don't but i'm also a little jealous that i don't <laughs> why is that well part i mean Going back to your original question, which came first, the chicken or the egg, the gender or the sexuality, (laughs) I didn't even, coming from, like, white suburbia, I didn't really even, like, process that I had a gender, which is, like, a theory that a lot of gender theorists talk about, is that white men, white cis men, which I guess is what I technically started out as, still white, let's just clarify that, Um, (laughs) white cisgender men don't even perceive that they have a gender until it's brought to their attention that like, hey, you're male. It's Uh not even something that they process. So I didn't even think about my own gender or like that there might be some like other options until I came out as gay and then really moved to New York and was like, oh, look at all these different ways to present yourself. This is crazy. Zaya, when coming out and also coming out as gender non-conforming how did your family react like what's your family like and also how did your friends react well it's strange in the way that like seattle is very very progressive in terms of like city politics but it kind of deviates and like like downtown seattle is like super progressive like whatever uh like the further you get out into the suburbs like the further it gets like less progressive but it's still like kind of all has that like air of if you're not accepting people will call you out for it because of that proximity to downtown seattle and like whatnot trevor's experience in the south is probably a lot different but myself i am adopted by white christians and so that kind of made my experience a little bit different in the sense that it's like i could do whatever i wanted at school but at home my parents were very very adamantly against my sexuality and like my gender performance so it's something that it's kind of like we never really talked about because it was like if i brought up the situation it was like oh like we'll pray for you or we'll send you to like church counseling so in that sense it kind of just became like a oh, never mind, like, was just kidding, I'm straight, that's fun. And as soon as I started exploring my gender, which I would say was probably, like, freshman, sophomore year, I started driving. So it was, like, kind of a little bit easier to, like, pack a change of clothes in the car or, like, do my makeup in the car, like, right before I went to school or, like, 
do it in my house and just like run straight out to my car while everybody was asleep because my high school started really early. So it was like, my parents were like mostly asleep. They definitely like saw glimpses and like whatnot. But like, as far as my friends, it was definitely kind of like the polar opposite. I never came out in terms of my sexuality. It was just, I'm gonna start talking about guys that I think are cute. Everybody already knows. Like since elementary school, y'all have been calling me a faggot. We're all aware. I think my literal nickname in fifth grade was the gay kid. They would be like, oh, there's the gay kid. And I'd be like, hi. Coming <laughs> out in terms of gender is a little bit different because it's something that needs explanation, especially to like my teachers and like whatnot. So like I, I went to like my counselor and they sent an email out to all of my teachers with this is the name that this person is being called by, this is the pronouns, this person is being called by, please adhere to it. And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was met with, it was kind of met differently. Like obviously English teacher, art teacher, they were like, yay, like get in line. <laughs> and then other teachers were kind of like, oh, well, I don't understand that. So I'm going to do my best, but I'm probably not going to call you they, them. It was just Did like, that hurt? I don't know. I don't get very easily at that time I my like stance has changed and like evolved as a person at that time it did just because I was young and I was figuring that shit out so I would always correct like if somebody like misgendered me or used my dead name like as soon as that came out of their mouth I would correct them I don't really do that anymore just for like the sense that I like I'm not expending that emotional labor on people that I don't care about yeah, I wouldn't say like my feelings were like hurt, but it is strange to like be coming into yourself and nobody else is allowing you that space or respecting that. Yeah, especially like if someone is being told the information, hey, this is how this person identifies, and they're like, oh, like that's a little too hard for me. Like that's rude. Right. Especially if like, they're a professor and you're supposed to be like helping a kid be their best self. Exactly. And it was kind of like school was my safe space because home was so volatile and very hidden. Like it was like Mm -hmm. everything that I did was, you know, like I couldn't even be like my personal self. Like I couldn't even make the jokes that I wanted. It would be like, oh, how's your day? And it's like, I couldn't even talk about how my day was because that involved, I had a GSA meeting in the morning. Yeah. Have your parents received your gender better as time has gone on or has the relationship with them mostly stayed the same? Not... Yeah, no, it's it's definitely been the same. It's kind of just like, we don't talk about that. That's something that I think, in essence, my parents are aware of and whatnot, because they sent me stuff saying, like, why is there they, them next to your name? You know, and it's just mm, like, but mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about it. I honestly, I don't know if this chalks down to, like, me being, like, a Sagittarius or, like, whatever. But, like, <laughs> very, very good at cutting people off. disestablishing my emotions it has been something that I've been like good at since I was like a kid oh that's hard to deal with I'm not going to deal with that so honestly I would say that my relationship with my parents is almost non-existent in the Mm -hmm. fact that I basically I call them on their birthdays and major holidays for like an hour of very shallow conversation and that's like something that I'm okay with Mm -hmm. because it's like I don't want people in my life that don't respect me or, you know, like, love me. Yeah, and I'm sure that you've forged alternative systems of support as well. Like, you probably have tons of support and you get the support that you need. And any, like you were saying, like, it's energy expenditure on something that just at this point 
isn't going to change or evolve. Exactly. Trevor, being from like the South, what was your experience in kind of your family's reaction and friends? That sounded like I said yas. I did not say yas. I said yes. So Um, no no yas here. Um, So I I was sitting, I was thinking about this while I was speaking in that my experience and Zaya's experience are like 180. I had the complete opposite experience of Zaya basically, wherein I was only bullied in fifth grade once by one girl. I still remember her name. Tossed boots. Hated that girl. Let's dox her. Just kidding. (laughs) Don't. Um, Or we can just bleep it out. I love. I love. I love the bleep things out. Her first name was. But I was only bullied once in fifth grade, and she was like, "You're a faggot," and I was like, "I don't even know what that means." And I told the teachers on the playground, and they were like, "Well, there's really nothing we can do about that." And I was like, "Okay." There's nothing they can do. I was like. Okay, great. So that was the only time I was ever bullied because I really just didn't care to like let myself be perceived as weak enough to be bullied. And not to say that people who are bullied are weak, it's not what I mean. But I I just didn't have that experience even in the South of being bullied. And I, even though I wasn't like really perceiving my own gender and like different gender performance through high school, I definitely wore makeup. I remember wearing makeup and my dad was like, what's on your face? And I was like, what are you talking about? And of course I thought I was a makeup artist and I thought it was completely natural, but it was probably like three shades lighter than my skin and like heavy blush. And I was like, what are you talking about makeup? (laughs) And my dad was like, you're wearing makeup. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. And he was like, okay, whatever, like sure. And then I started shaving my legs and I uh, started doing my eyebrows and all of these things. And like my mom and I had little tips over it, mostly because she wanted me to be safe in the South from bullying. But it was kind of one of those things when I came out, my parents already knew they didn't care. It was more of a, they were concerned for my safety because of where we lived, not because they cared. Because they were both from North, they're both from Northern States originally, and they both have more liberal upbringing so they really were just like it really doesn't matter to us what you do as long as you're safe and like not being gay bashed and i was like okay great i same as i really didn't have to come out to my friends they already knew but i i never really had the experience of being gay bashed or being like hated on for my like outward expression that much i can remember sometimes being called a faggot but like who hasn't and then another thing i wanted to bring up is that I met Zaya's parents. Zaya, do you care if I speak about this? I don't care. Okay, so I met Zaya's parents because we were roommates in our freshman year of college. So when they met me, they were like, oh, Zaya, like this horrible influence on you. Like this person is like <laughs> obviously like a full sinner. Like they're going straight to hell. Deck expressed that very late. When I met them, I was like, oh, you're uncomfortable with me in the room with you. And then when my parents met Zaya, they were like, oh, hi, it's great to meet you. And, like, obviously they slipped up on pronouns at first. They, like, used their own pronouns. But, like, to this day, like, they still actively work to address Zaya's they and them. And, like, my parents love all my friends, would do anything for them. So it's kind of, like, that opposite experience. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like educating your parents on how to approach gender? Like, even with really receptive parents? Was mm-hmm. it challenging? Was it, what was it like? I don't, I mean, I don't think my parents still fully understand the gender spectrum thing. I mean, they're still middle-aged, middle-class, living in Georgia parents. They only can comprehend so much. They really try. 
too, even when I'm like flailing around and saying weird words and like putting on whatever the hell I'm wearing that day. My dad is a little more problematic than my mom at points. We'll say some dumb shit. When I first brought up transitioning people a long time ago, he was like, so what if I want to identify as like a zebra? I'm like, okay, that's really problematic and you really shouldn't say those things. That is awful. But I've also then on the same token expressed my mom. I'm like, I'm not a boy. And she's like, well, then what? I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, okay, great. And we really don't like, I, we really don't go further because I don't really know what else to say. But she's like, fine, like, sure. She's like, okay. My gender identity is sure. Well, because I've also like, in the like few screaming matches I've had with my parents, it's more of like a they're trying to understand and they can't get it. And then I'm frustrated with them, not because they're actively trying to be like hateful or rude or anything. But there's been times when I'm like, uh, what if I wanted to, like, what if I was a girl and like wanted to transition? My mom's like, I don't care. I just want you to be safe and blah, 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 blah. And like, I don't want you to have a difficult life and whatever. So it's more of that type of situation. I think there is just kind of, even with the most accepting of parents, there's something about the idea of gender that's really hard to grasp, especially being gender neutral. I was trying to explain to like a middle-aged person recently, like using they, them pronouns and being gender non-conforming. And they were like, it's like, okay, I understand the gay thing and the trans thing, but like, what's this? You know, like that's usually like the response and you try and break it down that they just don't get it. It just doesn't process. I know. They're so like binary. They're so you're male or you're female. Mm -hmm. You can transition from one to the other, but you cannot Mm -hmm. be in between. The existence though of just intersex people shows up the binary. Exactly. And intersex for people who don't know. Let me just Google it so I can get like a proper definition instead of like getting something wrong. (laughs) But intersex is a general term used for a variety of conditions in which a person is born with a reproductive or sexual autonomy that doesn't seem to fit the typical definitions of male or female. Um, So for example, a person might be born appearing to be female on the outside, but having mostly male typical anatomy on the inside. What have been, like, your experiences with gender dysphoria? I would probably have more to say on this than me. I think that initially, I, well, my initial, like, introduction to, like, gender and being, like, gender non-conforming or, like, variant, whatnot, was, like, specifically, like, being binary transgender. So, like, my, like, first initial thought was, like, oh, like, I don't feel completely masculine, so I have to be a girl. So I think that was the only time that I really, like, ever, like, experienced dysphoria in the sense that it was, like, I don't like how I look right now, so I'm going to do everything in my power to, like, be as feminine as possible. So it was, like, makeup every single day, like, full Instagram beauty influencer type B. And I, I mean, I didn't own that many dresses, but like, like just like feminine clothing and like whatnot. And like, I think my dysphoria manifested in that after presenting like so feminine, I was like, this doesn't feel right either. So like it shifted from being like, oh, like I don't feel right looking super masculine. And then as soon as I like changed that, it was like, oh, I don't feel right looking super feminine. So like, it's like, I have to find some type of happy 
medium and whatnot in which I then found out about being non-binary and being genderqueer. And so it was like, I think in the span of like probably six months, my gender identity, because I always thought that I had to like label it. As soon as I found like a new like label and term, I applied like a new one that I was like, oh, that fits so much more. Every week I was telling my friends, I was like, actually I identify as this. They were like, okay, cool. And then I was like, oh, actually, like I just learned about this and I identify as this now. And they were like, great, Barb. (laughs) How do you feel about there being so many different terms? I was reading something about well, because it is like a really nuanced subject about how there's like a lot of different ways to label and label different gender identities. And some people say like, oh, there shouldn't be like the need to label so many variants of gender if it is something that's fluid. And then there's the counter to that saying like, no, all these different labels do help people come into their own in terms of connecting with gender identity. So what are like your personal thoughts? My like personal philosophy and like whatnot is like, if nobody's hurting anybody, like, let them do what they want, you know? So it's, like, if you find a term that's so specific and it's, I identify as, like, gray quasi-gender, if that, like, means something to you and, like, that's fine, go ahead and go with that. I just personally take issue when people are, like, actively, like, mad that somebody doesn't know what that is. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, you know, if we're constantly, if there's, like, infinite genders and like new terms to describe the nuances of gender all of the time it is giving like a bad rep to like other people when the whole like non-binary community is seen as angry and it's like you're not woke we're gonna cancel you for not knowing what this means and whatnot I feel like that's like the only time in which it becomes problematic Mm -hmm. but yeah like if you want to use a super specific label because you absolutely, like, identify with that. I mean, I personally now stick to more umbrella terms and just say that I'm gender non-conforming because it's like a gender doesn't have an impact on my life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I personally don't believe in gender. I don't think that gender exists outside of a construct and whatnot. And in essence, I'm a gender abolitionist, but... I do understand, (laughs) like, I do understand that's more of, like, an ideal, like, more of, like, a political ideal. Like, in a perfect world. Right, in a perfect world, like, wouldn't have gender, because abolishing gender abolishes the patriarchy and whatnot, and I think that, like, there's a lot of power in, like, womanhood and whatnot, so it's, like, I'm not gonna, like, demonize other people for, like, oh, you believe in gender? So strange. (laughs) Like, you know, that's so, like... (laughs) 2016 of you you know yeah loser (laughs) yeah so I mean I don't know things mean things to people and like that's fine as long as you're respectful about it yeah on that note what do you both think about neo pronouns the introduction of the pronoun z same shit like it's like yeah you're gonna be like go off your rocker so that somebody doesn't know I think that like if you explain something to someone and they continue to like disrespect that then you're an asshole it does get kind of convoluted at the end of the day whatever makes you happy makes you happy totally yeah the idea of the pronoun z is also people get like angry 
about that. It's the same. I, it's, I mean, why does any social change make people angry? Because they don't want to be challenged on like things that they're comfortable in experiencing. They just would be much happier like in society not having to be challenged on anything. So it's seen as like a threat to their, like when people say eat the rich, it's why people mm -hmm. are like, oh, but like, I'm not rich because I only make 500,000 because your challenge, they're like, they don't want to be directly challenged on their way of life. When in actuality, yeah. all people are saying is like, billionaires shouldn't exist. They're yeah. not saying we're like gonna Jeff. actively come in, kill your family, take the art off your wall. And like, I mean, maybe some people, I don't know, but <laughs> just I, I don't know. It's just people like feel threatened by things that they feel threaten them directly, which in that case would be the kid in the classroom who you have to go out of your way to work to address properly. I was going to work back yeah. to your original question of like gendered, like body dysmorph, like mm -hmm. all of that, all that jazz. I never felt the like, I feel like I am a girl type of dysphoria. Mine came more from body dysmorphia and body image in that like, I've never really liked my body period. I, I feel like it didn't adhere to women I, feminine ideals and it also didn't adhere to male ideals. So I was like, well, what does that leave me with? Fuck nothing. So I kind of found androgynous fit me the best when I was like starting to come into like myself and like gender presentation. And then from there, it was kind of left me with a different type of dysmorphia because there is an ideal then of what androgynous people should look like which is coiffed, bleached blonde hair, about neck length, choice of on, skinny, tall, white, kind of male toned, but like definitely could dress up in drag and pass. So there's that whole like, oh, well, I don't really look like that either. So now I really feel up Shit's Creek because I don't really fit any of these predetermined categories. So now what? So it's kind of getting past that huge sense of self-image for me. Boots. Boots. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You, Zaya, earlier mentioned doing makeup that you saw on Instagram when you mm -hmm. were connecting with being more feminine presenting. And yeah. I was wondering if social media and kind of like internet platforms influence both of you like coming into your own. Because I remember oh, when like, I was in middle school, like my knowledge and resources of learning about gay people and different gender identities came from Tumblr. Totally. Because I mean, I obviously wasn't going to like learn anything about it at home just because mm -hmm. it was not something that my parents like believed in or like even knew anything about. So yeah, I think it was like late night hours on Tumblr, which got into trouble in and of itself because Tumblr was just a mess of like social justice warriors and like whatnot. I they don't make them like her anymore. They don't make them. Like they don't. <laughs> I miss but, her. I definitely kind of I adopted that personality. Look back and reflect and say that I was a bit of an <laughs> asshole like during those times because of that. And I think that so yeah, like Tumblr for like formal definitions of non-conforming like genders and just like learning that and then like YouTube like this is gonna be like so embarrassing but I think I like found a Manny MUA video and I was like wait you're telling me like people that were born male can like do makeup and I think that literally was like my absolute bible for like learning makeup and like doing makeup and whatnot was kind of his channel and whatnot yeah. And then like also 
style channels, I would watch like a lot of female fashion bloggers and fashion like YouTubers just to like figure out what to wear and whatnot. And then Tumblr came into that too, because there was high fashion Tumblr. And I was like, so I was on high fashion Tumblr learning about Vivian Westwood and like Marcella and whatnot. And I was like, oh, like this is... I'm just going to say that, like, to touch upon what you said, Zaya, with all the information and resources that's so great on Tumblr, it did become a place of, like, gatekeeping in a community that was supposed to be inclusive and, like, helping people. But then there was kind of like, oh, you got this wrong, fuck you. Which, like, scares kids. (laughs) Or not kids, but, like, you know, young, impressionable people. I was not so much on Tumblr. I kind of use Tumblr just for the, like, the pure aesthetics of it, and Corn. I was not that active. Uh-huh. Um, my, not to like bring up the most problematic person on the internet, but like Jeffree Star, like oh, who yeah. knows that one? <laughs> like, yikes. But like, He's I our next episode. <laughs> oh, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely have like the matte lipstick, the drawn on eyebrows, the harsh contour, like, and that even lasted, not inspired by Jeffree Star, but that even lasted into my first year of college. Not as harsh as it was in high school. I still was doing kind of the extreme makeup that was the trend of like 2015, 2014, 2016 area. You've seen the photos. Yeah, you so, had like hair. Ooh, ooh babes. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of my like coming into that experience. And now it's more like I see the little fashion girlies on Instagram and Sam would have so much more to say about this. But I don't, like, I don't shop in the men's section at all anymore, ever. I only shop in the women's section, and I've kind of inserted my body into, like, found out what women's silhouettes would work best on my frame, and then followed people on Instagram who, like, have the chic kind of clothing that I like, and, like, modeled a lot of myself off, not off social media, but... You both went to, I hope I'm not doxing you by saying you both went to... But, oh my God. <laughs> but I wanted to get your take on how like the prevalence of more information has affected fashion or if you've seen any sort of change in the climate of fashion because of the, the acceptance or like rising acceptance of gender fluidity and non-binariness. I feel like the whole like breaking gender norms trend and as I confirm this but I think that was like the like a trend back in like 2016 all the magazines were like we're breaking gender norms here's the like male celebrities who are breaking outside the box and the female celebrities who are looking like men basically so and now it's every class I was in at Parsons and anytime Sam and I would have a conversation or like be in a class like together because we were both in the photo program Gender is one of those things where if, as soon as someone says gender now, I like kind of roll my eyes because it's been talked about so much in the like liberal art school setting that it's almost like I don't even want to talk about this anymore because everyone's making work about it. Everyone's making clothing that's for like, doesn't matter who wears it. As soon as, gender's kind of like a buzzword now where it's like, God, like are we real? Do you feel like it's been like exploited in some sense? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it's like performative. because... Also, as much as these magazines are like, gender's done, it's still like, here's the best dressed women and men of the week in what gowns and suits. It's like, okay, you can't have one, but also like have the other. It's either gender's dead and over and we're moving past it, or we're sticking to the binary. Damned all of you who don't fit that. Like you can't market to both because it's kind of like one cancels out the other. 
it's been totally co-opted by capitalism in some sense. It's like they're using as it everything. As everything is. I think that it was a lot of independent queer trans designers in and of themselves were like doing that and like making collections are like or like literally are the only ones that are making like relevant because there was a point in like yeah I definitely think that gender and like unisex and like whatnot existed as a trend and whatnot and I actually like wrote a paper about it while I was out but the, there was like a point in time in which every single brand had a unisex collection of oversized gray boxy tees and it was yeah. like but it like it did up uh, they would put it on like a man and like a woman and it was like when was a t-shirt never ever done. and I think that it was like most like people that were actually like non-binary or like trans all of us collectively yes like rolled our eyes because it was like the whole point of that is that you can wear whatever clothing you want Mm. Like, you know, so it was like, there's no need for unisex clothes because clothes are unisex in and of themselves. It's, yeah, it's like Zara, I, the one that I can remember the most is Zara. And I mean, I could go on a whole rant all day about fast fashion, the effects of fast fashion, don't shop at Zara. I think Zara even still has the unisex collection and it's still like a one ill-fitted pair of blue jeans and a gray sweatshirt. And it's, as soon as you open it up, it says collection men, collection women. And then you have to click through to find unisex. But I only have ever shopped on the women's side of Zara. So it doesn't make any sense. Mm. Yeah. And also, the problem is just giving clothes to the gender in the first place. It, right. Don't do it. Just say collection and pe- let yeah. people buy whatever they want. And like, if you need to eliminate the model or find a very androgynous model, I like, I don't know. You can put it on anyone, like, you know, as long as they're like body suits that but like even then we have like preconceived notions of who it suits and like that comes down to like people being bigger and like what like your size is irregardless of gender and whatnot so I think that plays into it like a little bit too because I'm gonna speak of myself as someone who wants to wear women's clothing and whatnot it's so much easier for me to wear women's clothing because it's like I have a size 27 waist wear like a small so it's like, stop I bragging. Girl, no. <laughs> being like non-binary and like thrifting and whatnot, I, when I've gone with like friends and whatnot who are also non-binary but are like plus size and whatnot, I can basically pick something out and know that it's going to fit me and it's going to look good on me regardless of what gender that clothing like was made for. But like I have other friends who are like, yeah, like I could never wear women's clothes even if I wanted to because they're not going to fit. Yeah. I can, yeah, on that same thing, like, I can go to, like, stores and, like, like hold something up and be like, oh, this will fit me, because mm-hmm. I, like, know I've calculated my body type to figure out. And those times where I make fashion risks and, like, buy something that I usually wouldn't, I usually end up hating it, because I'm like, oh, wow, this makes me look like a big man, and I don't like that. <laughs> and also, I, like, not to, like, wrap myself out, but I, this COVID shit has screwed up the e-body image a lot because I gained a lot of weight and I went to Beacons the other day outing my location yes I live in the East Village right now um, I went to Beacons the other day and I Girl, felt like five Beacons like you didn't have to do that <laughs> yeah oh, you right, just doxed yourself oh I'm sorry I live in New Jersey um <laughs> Ew. No, but Just I went kidding. to Beacons and I felt like absolute shit because I was like, oh, I've gained weight and this stuff isn't fitting me like it used to. And I, so that sent me into like a little like 
semi-depression for the day and my friends were like why are you being such a bitch and I was like well it's because I actually hate myself right now thank you very much <laughs> one more thing I wanted to bring up when you talked about mm -hmm. there was this kid that Sam and I both had a class with who I'm not gonna name because that would be her. problematic but <laughs> yeah bleep it say the name <laughs> his name was oh so, I've heard of them but I don't know who this is so so they would always come into class and be like, oh, so these photos, I'm talking about gender and like I'm inspired by Stephen Klein and talking about masculinity. And I'm like, okay, like who isn't? What is the senior year like AP project? Like we get it. I said, I think that, that what that boils down to is like gender in art is at this point, you can't just say like, it's about gender. Like what are you saying about gender? Yeah. Nobody goes past it. We as most people have like agreed that gender is a construct and like whatnot. So it's like, if that doesn't entirely exist, like you can't just say like something in your art is about gender. Like I'm exploring gender. Like what facet of gender are you exploring? That's the only like valid art and like I would go I don't know if this is cuckoo crazy to say but like the only art that I want to see that's exploring gender I think needs to be from the lens of trans people of color mm -hmm. because it's like everybody else like exploring gender isn't like nuanced or complicated enough for them to actually explore anything that's like revolutionary yeah because it's been explored and also right. flattens it's, it. To say that it's like about gender is just compressing so much into something that's like, okay. Like you were saying, like, yeah, gender, yeah. what? Like, what about it? Like, heard of it. I used to, oh, back in high school, you could have caught me being like, oh, yeah, this work is all about gender. And it was literally like a white twink with an off-the-shoulder coat and like a lipstick. And it was groundbreaking. Heard Ooh. of it. <laughs> and it's like, I guess at that time, because we live in a bubble, and this is something I've discussed with Sam and Zaya at length before. It's like, we live in a bubble of, like, we are so done talking. I don't want to hear the word gender ever again in, in, like, an art school setting or, like, what have you. I'm so done hearing about it. But we live in this bubble where we are all living in an echo chamber, and this is not talked about as much as we nearly think it is outside of our little realm of speaking. So when Sam and I like go walk down the street of like Kansas, it's much more groundbreaking than when we go walk down New York City in a pair of high heels and call it a look. Gender is not perceived nearly the same in other places. Yeah, you couldn't wear, I mean, you could wear your tabby boots in Kansas. I don't know if it'd be received the same way. They'd be like, why does your, why does your toe have a vagina? <laughs> That's a dream, though. I would love to wear my tabby boots in Kansas. Zaya's you... obsessed with going to the South. I'll do some, like, market research, like, first-hand <laughs> journalism. When, the first time I saw, like, a man in a tabby boot, I was <laughs> enthralled. <laughs> I was, like... By enthralled, do you mean wet? <laughs> I was, like, just very excited. <laughs> okay. As I'm sure you've seen, there's, like, an influx of, like, information being dispersed on Instagram. Also, one thing that I saw is basically, like, referring to people when you don't know their gender as they, them, mm -hmm. uh, being mm -hmm. something that is problematic. And also saying uh, they identify as rather than they are, like, just using their pronouns is also being problematic because it removes their ownership of the identity and, like, blankets it with something that's a performance, I guess I would say rather than something they are. I mean, I 
I'm confused by the first one. Why did they say it was problematic to like call people yeah. by? I've always used that because it exists as something that's neutral. So it's like, I mean, I guess the, the only time that I've like experienced that is specifically, I think, with trans, binary trans people, mm-hmm. people will sometimes use they, them pronouns to like escape actually validating their actual gender so it's mm. like if somebody is like binary trans and their pronouns are sh- like she her and everybody's always like they they like you know th- then you're intentionally misgendering someone but if you don't know their gender i think it's better to use they them because it's neutral or else you're assuming yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. so were they say- they were saying it was problematic to use they them though yeah, it was basically just, like, if you don't know somebody's pronouns, use their name, which is also, like, a good hot tip. Like, you don't know somebody's pronouns, how are you going to know their name? Super true. If it just, if I saw, like, a random person, like, my go-to would be, like, the person in, in describe, like, their clothing. The person with the long brown hair. But I would be, like, in a sentence, like, you have to use a pronoun sometimes. So I would still say they. <laughs> but also, like saying somebody identifies as or their preferred name as and whatnot yeah i do don't agree i do agree that that's like wrong and whatnot because it like invalidates the like kind of just like formality of that is their name not like their preferred name it's not a preference like Like preferred pronouns versus just like what are your pronouns yeah yeah and it's always okay to ask if you're unsure like hey like nice to meet you. Like, what are your name? Like, what's your name and your pronouns? I think it's okay to ask if you're not sure. I think a lot of people are like afraid of asking because they're like afraid to offend, especially like, you know, straight, like cis gendered people. But it's better to, you know, be informed and be considerate than to just be ignorant on it. Agree. All of that. hundred percent. Yeah. Because I think a lot of just like ignorance of the, and like miss understanding of the genderqueer community comes from being afraid to like look into the subject more and like google exists and people can like google and learn things just how like we all used like social media and tumblr when we were young to learn about things and um if you don't know google i feel like my thought though is i have like a very very higher preference for personal experience directly because it's like with google and whatnot yeah it is like a resource but you never know what you're gonna find there and it's also i think it's harder because gender is so convoluted and people are gonna like find answers that don't line up with what actual like non-binary and gender queer people Mm -hmm. i think but like it's also different for every single person so it's like i don't know i would in this instance not tell people to use google in the sense that it kind of negates that gender is a personal experience. I yeah. mean, like, unless using, like, Google to find something like this podcast or find, like, a video of non-binary people, like, talking about their gender, which, like, I've done before, because it's, like, I used to do videos for this YouTube channel called Cut in Seattle. Like, I think that people should be listening to people. Yeah, before, when I was just, like, thinking of questions of what I wanted to ask, kind of researching, like, what gender queer meant as an umbrella term for people who, of all different gender identities, I was reading kind of forums and like community discussions and like I found mm-hmm. that to be really helpful because it was people's like nuanced experiences versus just like what you're saying like one blanket answer from WebMD on gender right you know? exactly if you want you can ask someone in your life but if they don't 
want to take the time to go out of their way to educate you on gender politics, you shouldn't just go out of your way to ask your black friends about racism. Like, exactly. It's not the responsibility of the people experiencing this to educate people on it all the time. Obviously, you can ask, but if they tell you to go use Google or you go use YouTube, like, respect that. I mean, like, I personally will always just, even with race, too, I've got to the point, especially just because of, like, the political climate that we're in, like, right mm-hmm. now, protests, you can't expect Black people and, like, trans people and, like, whatnot to use, like, their emotional labor for free. We do not exist as, you know, a substitute of Google. So if somebody absolutely, like, asks you as you know, like, a cis person and, like, whatnot. And it's like, yeah, I can explain that to you, but, like, my time isn't free. Like, I'm totally comfortable with charging people to talk about race. I think when, like, a cis het... Also, for the record, if you don't know and you're listening, cis het means cisgendered, heterosexual, means that you identify with the gender that you were assigned <laughs> and that you're straight. I think for cis, cis het people asking like their queer friends and also like queer friends of color, like to keep in mind, like, okay, are you asking this person like a question about like them and their personal experience? Or are you just like utilizing them as your personal Google? Think about what you're going to ask before you ask it. And also think if that's a, some, like an answer you can find out on your own before. Question, ask if you can ask. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. do you have time? Would you prefer if I paid you for your time? Even me as a close person with Zaya when all of the protests started and like the George Floyd thing kicked off it was still like if I had any questions about that obviously I do my very best to educate myself on all of these things but if I have a genuine question about race politics or something that I don't know or that pertains to like Zaya's experience or anything like that if I have a question for Zaya I started off by saying do you have time to entertain this question because mm-hmm. it really is like some diddly shit that I could probably find if I really search. Do you have time for me to ask you this question before mm-hmm. I ask it? Because I don't want to take up your time. And it is like really emotionally exhausting. Exactly. Like, yeah. To put to, you know, be able to constantly, educate people. And constantly being treated like you're an encyclopedia. Yeah. Yeah. Get a grip. Go to Google. Go to YouTube. Go listen to someone's personal experience. It's on the internet somewhere. You will find it. Wait, I actually do have a question for you. Because we all live in New York, you know, which is a very liberal city. And yeah. you said that you've been bullied in Georgia. But I was wondering if you've ever been like discriminated against in New York. There's a lot of homeless people who shout slurs at me. But that's kind of one of those things where I'm like, Obviously, I don't like that you're screaming a slur at me. It's really not nice of you, but you're also lashing out because of your like you're lashing out because of your situation, probably not because you hate me, but you're in a shitty situation and like you're angry at the world. Do you find that there's like bullying and discrimination within the queer community towards people that present themselves in a more femme way? Oh, absolutely. I was actually talking about this with my friend Beatrice today. Obviously, I'm only coming at this from the white gay perspective. Um, Zaya could give a more intersectional answer because obviously there's a lot of things a, a black, more feminine presenting person will get bullied on different levels because they're black and feminine presenting. That's one of those things I kind of can't speak on, but I, I wouldn't know. I don't know if it's bullying, but it's like hyper-masculine gays who are like, oh... I'm not like though I'm not like quote unquote other gays. Mm-hmm. I don't like Lady Gaga. I, I don't like shopping. I don't like 
going to the gym. I don't blah, 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 blah. blah. Like all, all these, or they do like going to the gym. They don't like like shopping nails, whatever. So, and then they kind of take that out on like, ew, like, why would you even approach me? Like, you're not my type and I don't date. If I, a popular thing that I like to say is if I wanted to date a woman, I would be straight. I'm, I'm a man who likes men. So why don't you look like a man? And it's like, okay, so you're just as backwards thinking as other cisgender people who can't get their mind around non-binary people and other genders outside the binary. So yes, long story short. <laughs> I, I hear that there's lots of bullying on Grindr, for example. God. Because all my friends have Grindr, but like people who are listening to this who maybe, you know, who aren't around that as much probably don't know about like the kind of bullying within the lgbt community like towards one another i think they all just think it's like hanging out and having a laugh but you might as well all be friends like no (laughs) but it's actually like you know there's a lot of like fat phobia and kind of shaming of like how other people present themselves as well yeah grinder bullying is so real that could be like a whole subject for another day if you fall down that rabbit hole, it's like the intersectionality of like, compare my experience, I'm able-bodied, I'm technically slender, quote-unquote, white, could pass if I needed to. Take my experience and put it next to like a disabled trans woman of color who's not skinny. She's going to be going through a hell of a lot on a dating app that yeah. I, I can't even imagine. And I've had some hateful things said to me I can't even imagine what they would say to someone like that. The worst types of people on earth exist on Grindr. The worst of the gay community is on Grindr. So maybe you should like download it and do a whole podcast on that. Well, on that note, thank you for being here. Of course. I had a lovely time talking and learning, and I hope that everyone learned something as well. Follow us on Instagram. Just... F- Wait, let me double check what our, what our Instagram what is. Instagram? <laughs> Just underscore, FYI, underscore podcast. We don't really have a lot of followers because I haven't updated it in a really long time. But that will change soon. I'll be on it again. Period. Cool. Period. Okay. Oh, All right. before oh. you sign off, I have a question. An actual, like, I might die question. Um, is bleach flammable? Thank you.